You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. This episode for you, if you are married or thinking about getting married, I have Michelle Replogle, a realtor from Santa Cruz, California, and podcast host of The Realtor Lady. Do me a favor, go ahead and check out her Instagram at The Realtor Lady. Um, You can also find her website um, in the show notes linked below. And today we're going to be talking about what it takes to have a successful marriage as a female entrepreneur and just certain things that work and don't work in marriage when you're specifically speaking for, for working women. I'm just, I'm so happy to have you here. So thank you so much for joining me and, you know, give me a little bit of background about you and your husband. Um, so my husband and I met when we were 17 here in Santa Cruz and um, we kind of ran around, we were, we were pretty feral. They, we just ran amok in Santa Cruz. We um, didn't have cars. We didn't, I mean, typically we didn't go to proms. We were kind of barefoot and running amok, little country kids in a way. Um, he was surfing. I was just a kid who grew up here and we knew each other from junior high and then high school. Um, he moved over here from another area, um, San Jose. And then uh, we met after high school, though, because he didn't really go to school very much. <laughs> so you liked bad boys? Uh, he's definitely not a bad boy. He was a very nice. He just had better things to do. He helped his dad, who was a contractor building houses and surfing and, um, you know, wasn't really into drugs or drinking a lot and oh yeah no he wasn't he just was not at school he just wasn't at school well when you say that you usually hear it along <laughs> with like, the back so no that that's what I get for assuming Thank, um, thanks for clarifying that he just had other yeah. priorities he is a union electrician he works for a very large company that services most of the tech companies. So for, for years, we completely struggled in our marriage and our early marriage because we were just living off uh, construction work. Um, but he became a union electrician. And I don't know his, like, I think when he was 20 and that just kind of was really, really, really tough, but then it, it turned for the better. I mean, we have like Google and Adobe, that's where he works and Facebook and all that stuff now. But just a side note, his high school counselor said that he would grow up and flip burgers and um, he does pretty well. And I'm sure he is way far ahead of this guy and wherever he ended up. So um, he, he maybe maybe a little lazy in the beginning, but he, he picked it up in the end. That is awesome. Yeah. And just like so in the which like when your first couple of years of marriage what were the things that were the hardest? So I, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my honeymoon because I think it's going to set things up. Okay. We, we got married and we went to New Zealand and lived there for three months. And 
besides massive culture shock, it was in the 80s and they totally were not thrilled with the US. So that was a problem. They were not happy to really have American citizens at that point. That's completely changed. But when we were there, it was tough. But what was really happening there is they really had a very um, conventional structure for husbands and wives. The husband would go to work and the wife would do all the cooking and the cleaning, but more than likely the woman also had a job. And so we were just married and I was like, don't get, don't even watch this. Cause this is not happening. You, we're going to be partners in this. I was like 19 schooling him completely on how this is going to work. So typical guy, you know, we're, we're having to clean our room where we're staying with family and he just doesn't want to do his laundry and his laundry is all over the place. So I took his laundry and I threw it out on the lawn in the neighborhood and his laundry was all over the lawn and they were all so mad at me. He thought it was hysterical. They thought I was an American princess. I was spoiled. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just married. And I want everybody to understand what's going to happen and how this is going to work because I am not marrying this man to, you know, do his laundry. That's not why we got married. So that was kind of the beginning. We were doing really great. We had a lot of the, we always kind of thought alike. We're fairly, very, fairly aligned in our values and ideas, but then kids came along and we were really, really young. And, um, he had a good background. I did not. And, um, we really struggled. The hardest thing I would tell you is kids. That was really the hardest. What advice do you have for when that time in my life comes? Because I I want to know this. Okay. I want everybody to know when I start my um, Dr. Ruth sideline, I want everybody to know that you have to understand that you're different people at different stages in your marriage and remind Mm -hmm. your partner that I'm a mother today, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm always going to be your wife mm-hmm. and, you know, start thinking about it's really only 18 years. It's such a short time and it goes by so incredibly fast. People have no patience, you know, but it happens so quickly. And I think people, cause like, like I met the guy that didn't have a job. That was one guy. I met the guy who, who was struggling in his work. You know, I was with that guy. And then I was with the dad, and now I'm back with an, a, a grown man, you know, and they're all different people. So I tell some people, like, I've been married to like 10 different people. Really, right? There are all kinds of different people. And I would remind your partner that right now I am a mom and, and that's who I will be for a while. And then when they're tweens or teens, you're going to kind of edge back into that wife role. Um, yeah. The other thing I would tell people, and unfortunately it didn't work for a friend of mine, I really begged her and her husband to hang on for the last four years of high school. I think that's where a lot of people don't make it. And it's really hard. And it's not just the partner dynamics, it's that you're no longer needed as a parent. And the sadness of that causes a lot of problems in relationships and people tend to take it out on each other. And my husband and I went through that too where we didn't have kids at home anymore. And that empty nest syndrome, it's real. It's really real. So I would just, my, my big advice would just be understand you're going to be all these different people and to remind your partner, you know, it's, it's not going to last long, you know, and we're not getting any sleep tonight, but 
six months from now we'll be getting sleep again. You know what I mean? It just, it doesn't last for very long. Yeah. Like this is just what we're going through in the moment, like, and taking things day by day and, and being really still with who you are. We, we evacuated from a hurricane in uh, October of 2018 and we lost like 80% of our belongings. And um, we had to like really, um, figure out like how we were going to, you know, just navigate and do things. I mean, we did, we bought a new house in our new location and he's military. So it's, it's a blessing and we counted our blessings, but we've evolved so much every place we've moved and we've had to evolve so much because we've moved so much and it's for, and I'm addicted to becoming the better best version of myself. Me too. So it's like, you know, when you are like that, you are constantly changing. And, you know, men, they take a little, they, they move when they move. So I guess I'll be married like 10 times, like you say, <laughs> to the same person. <laughs> yeah, you do. They're just different people. And in military, that takes, I mean, gosh, that's almost like having children. That takes a lot of patience on you, for you as a partner too. Yeah. I mean, that or independence. Um, because I have to, I, I realized, um, that I gained a lot of false self-confidence from marriage, like very egoic confidence for myself. This is just, you know, myself. I noticed this during, um, this deployment that my husband's on because, um, I noticed that I was not truly confident from within. And that's where true confidence comes from. But the confidence that you get from having someone want you, you know, and, and oh. there's a difference, you know, yeah. and that's why I say it's a false egoic confidence. Mm-hmm. Because when he was removed, I was like, and I have no problem. Like I go hiking by myself all the time. Like with like a raw odd, like I probably should not do the things that I do by myself <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> But there's other things that like will come up and I'm like, Ooh, curl into a ball inside, you know? Um, yeah. So I guess the other question is how do you remain an individual while being, you know, married for such a long time? It's hard. I, yes. And I am always on to something. I have found fasting and I'm like a nut for it. I'm sure he cannot stand to hear me talk about it so much. I have been doing it for almost three months and I am like a different person. I totally love it. And I, and then I think, oh, it's going to come next. You know, like, am I going to fast for months or something? I mean, you know, he's used to me doing this stuff, but I think there's a certain part of me that has to continue to show up. You know, there's a certain part that has to always kind of be that, that person or that partner, or he might just go, well, she doesn't even need me or want me, or she's just on her own thing. But, um, yeah, I, I'm always into something. He, he's, he's pretty much just fishing and cars and, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It, 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 it is really hard. It, it, it's, you know, it's hard to, to, I, 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 I notice it in movie stars. And if I point this out, you'll probably start to see it. It's kind of like the star is born syndrome where you'll see people and then they'll be cheating on each other. And that's where I, I've noticed that when one partner eclipses the other partner in money or success, the other partner acts out. 
and either they'll debase them somehow, either they'll, they'll cheat on them or they'll beat them or they'll spend all their money gambling. And I watch it and I realize to some degree, I, my husband hasn't done any of those things, but I know there's been times when I've been very, I'm very successful in real estate mm-hmm. where I think at some point he's fairly competitive and he's like, will you make, like he had to get used to me making more than him. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing. That whole topic of women making, especially, I mean, you have a different generation too. And yeah, like, no, like that is not something that is common in like your general demographics in general, like, right. And he's, and he's fairly liberal or, you know, I, I find him very liberal and very open-minded, but I, I think it, he really bumped up against that as a belief for himself. Hey, do you want to join this conversation? Do you have input that you would love to give? Join Level Up with Liv Facebook community for badass spiritual women. It's all about accountability and motivation. And we talk about these podcasts as well. The link to join is in the show notes below. And we ran into some trouble because I'm, I'm 17 years in real estate. And I, I think probably... I, probably for like the last 10 years I've done really well. So I, I think he's kind of gotten used to it, but I think there was just more than a few years. So yeah. It, and at first I was just really resistant to it. I just didn't know what was wrong. I just didn't understand what the problem was. And I didn't go, Oh, well, he's just jealous. I just thought, you know, at some point I asked him, he said, well, at first I thought you were just going to leave me. You, you have more money. I mean, you just don't even need me anymore. So we, you know, we kind of went through a couple of those stages of no, no, I let let's go on vacation. Let's go have fun with some of this money I'm making or, you know, enjoy our home more, make more improvements. And then it started to get to a point where he, you know, he brags about it. But when I see couples struggle, I see, I see that struggle of that one partner has eclipsed the other one. I I know for a woman who is very interested in making a lot of herself still and, and is at home raising the children probably could get really angry with a husband and, and, and not even know why, where she might just feel left behind because she has her goals and dreams. And that's, that definitely happened to me earlier in our marriage. I just had all this stuff I wanted to do. Did you take off time to raise your children? Well, I was 19, so I didn't take anything really off. I went to school while they were little. Um, I went back to work when my, I think when I was like 24, five or 26. I went, I was always in retail. I went back to retail, but my husband really didn't love that. He really wanted me to be home. I think it was just easier for him um, just to deal with kind of one thing, not my work schedule. Cause retail is so crazy. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't stand it. I just couldn't be home. I, I, I just, I'm full disclosure. I'm an okay mom. I'm an okay mom. I just, I wasn't, I, I wasn't cooking cookies and you know, <laughs> I didn't have the bow in my hair. I just wasn't, I, I didn't know what it looked like. And it was very hard for me to put it together. So it was easier for me to just work. Yeah. I, I understood that. Yeah. And you know, the whole stigma behind, like, you're just supposed to automatically turn into a mom as soon as you have a child and just become this caretaker and do all these things that, you know, all women just know how to do. That's just so, I'm so not going to even live up to that standard. Like I'm <laughs> going to just set my own for like what my kids need and just, I really just want to have the proper help to help take care of them because I know that I will not be able to be there all the time. 
Yeah, it, I think, and you know, and that was a long time ago. That was in a different era. I think that there is a lot more openness to people really not knowing their role and understanding, you know, maybe even what it's like to be a parent. I, I, I felt really judged too by all the mommy groups, you know, like, I was just like, I don't know how to do this. I can bring somebody up and count back change and inventory. And <laughs> what do you do with this thing? I just really did not know. So, and I think back then you were supposed to, I think now I, I, I feel like now if I had had a baby, I think I could easily somehow find a community that is like, there's probably a Facebook group of like, help, I don't know what I'm doing. And you know what oh, I mean? Yes. Like there's no reason now why I shouldn't have my crap together when I'm a mom, like in all honesty, because like I'm doing these interviews, like with people <laughs> like you that are experienced. And then there's all these groups and resources and like YouTube. So I'm like, y'all didn't have this and y'all figured it out, you know? So obviously with all the extra information we'll find, we'll, we should be okay. Right. But I think, but what comes with that extra information is some extra acceptance. I know that the internet is a huge place for people to get hurt, but I also think there's a, a huge place for people to find some community of what, you know, if you go to a baby group that has really no other connections, especially in Santa Cruz, there's a lot of woo woo stuff that goes on here. And I, 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 I felt pretty, isolated in this community in terms of um, just not knowing how to parent and, you know, do that. And I, I think now there's probably definitely ways to find community and whatever type of parent you want to be, you know, mm -hmm. I think you could do that. So I, I think that's, I think that's kind of a good thing. Or, I mean, and my podcast was really designed to carve out the kind of realtor I wanted to be. You had mentioned that you thought I was kind of real. And that's like, that's who I wanted to be. If I get more business, great. If not, if somebody just decides that there's, there are realtors out there that are worth it, then I've done my job, you know, just to find that spot. I feel like as a person that wants to get into real estate, your podcast is a very interesting, like podcast and to listen to, to actually understand the industry better. Oh, thank you. That's like, really amazing. I feel like it would be your, like more so the ideal listener would be people that are in real estate that you know, are just in the, I really do feel like they're more so your people because we like to eat this stuff because we're learning. Like you're giving so much information. Um, and as a buyer, people, buyers, you know, like they're frantic. They just care about like making their money. Like I'm not making money, you know, buying yeah. a new home. Well, um, like to be informed too. There are the, the the types of people that do like to be informed, and, and there's so some people that just eat real estate up. Like there's just people like it's it's just like whatever interest. Like my my husband likes to watch fishing videos. I think there's people that just want to watch stuff about real estate and they just like it. And, they and I think I'm their that there. person too. Like I I'm the type of person that looks on Zillow and like Realtor and all those just at houses. I literally look at houses in different states all the time. I know how much houses are in Scottsdale, Arizona. I know how much houses oh my gosh. are in <laughs> Texas. I know how much they are in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like I, I love that type of stuff. <laughs> so I, that could also play into it. I am going to have a, an episode. This doesn't have anything to do with about me. I have one on a, a woman from uh, Lexington, Kentucky, who wholesales real estate. You will love that one. That one will come out in a couple of weeks. That one oh, is yeah. mind blowing. It's such an, it's, it's like, 
I feel like I'm just the little uh, tortoise over here and she was the hare. She just like ran past me. It was like, I had no idea that was going on at all. It was really interesting. So I, I'm actually kind of delving into this very large pool of um, just all the other stuff that goes on as an industry. And I'm, but I'm tired of being sold to, I really, really want more information. So I, cause I get sold to, I get tired of it. Oh yeah. Because people just want, like, they don't actually like, I feel like really help. There's so you got to get, you got to divvy between so much stuff now, like to find the vanity metrics of like people's with a lot of Instagram followers and stuff like that. No, like I'm not even interested. I'm more so looking at like what people interaction they have with people and what they actually know, because people who are actually doing the stuff that you need to know are not spending a bunch of time on social media. Right. And I think what I'm trying to put out there is some very real content like yourself. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the kind of finding more of those people as they get tired of that vanity because they're going to tire of that. You get tired oh. of that. Oh yeah, stuff. you are. And, and that's the shift we're going into. I right. think, I think it's just um, for, for people like us in general, I think it's more of a just waited out type thing, you know, just stay consistent and keep showing up. Um, and your people will find you because COVID definitely put extra pressure on people to produce content and platforms to produce content. Well, now people are starting to really not even interact with as much content as they used to be. They I mean, have yeah, time. people are on TikTok and stuff like that, but soon people will be off of TikTok too. Once they realize that even though it's like a 10 second or 30 second video, but they're spending hours of their time doing it. Like, oh my goodness. I had someone mention to me, they're like, oh, but they're only 10 second videos. I'm like, but is that how much time you spend on there? Like, nope. I don't, that's, I don't get on you. I never get on TikTok. I did one time. I got on one of those little holes, those tunnels that you get in. It's a time tunnel. 11 minutes were gone out of, I was like, oh, this is how people do this. I said, never again, putting this down. I got stuff to do. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see more conversations about uh, being married a long time. I would love to see that come to the forefront. I would like people to be shown what it looks like or have examples or have discussions about it. Um, I'm really tired. And I think we might've touched on this, but I'm very tired of the conversation of their, um, their true love or they found each other and, you know, they always got along and, you know, I fought for my marriage. I still fight for my marriage at certain points. And that's the other thing that people don't do. I think they give up too easily. And I would think that media really helps feed into that where I think media could serve us better by showing us more examples of couples. Like I, I would like a little bit more etiquette with couples. I would like to see couples, um, especially with all the reality TV, I'd like to see them not fight in front of people and not argue and not mm -hmm. correct each other, do that somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And it may not be safe. Here's another reason that, that men and women don't do that. They may not be safe in another area to do that. So that's something we have to respect and understand about that relationship that there may not be safety there, but you know, and there's been times where I haven't actually been able to tell my husband something that really bothered me. And that's, that's just the dynamics. Sometimes it doesn't always work, but the most uncomfortable feeling is just being with a couple and having 
him correct her or her correct her and then making a face at them and a, oh yeah because it, it's just so awkward my husband and I we established these rules after a few years of being married but one of them was we don't reward bad behavior we do not um act out in public like that's just a rule we don't do we um yeah, we, there's a few specific things that rules that we made specifically for us. And I think every couple should do that yeah. just to, you know, like, and you mentioned before about um, fighting in front of each other, I think, and how some people think that their parents never fought. And so they don't know what's going to happen when they do, but then it's the parents actually fought, but they never fought in front of them. So they don't know what true conflict reg- resolution looks like they have no idea how to do that and that's something that I want I, I'm keeping in mind because at first I was like oh I don't want to fight around my kids but no like I can have a discussion with my husband that we don't agree in front of my children you know but I I would argue too I mean we didn't do a lot of fighting I, I can remember one huge fight that we ended up laughing at the end because we just didn't we weren't huge fighters um you know, my son did tell me at one point, you guys made it look a little easy. And I, it didn't make me feel bad, but I was kind of like, oh, cause we really didn't fight in front of them. So they really didn't see what it looked it look like. Um, and then there's, you know, we have to, we have to be honest. There's times when we haven't really gotten things resolved and, and, and I, I, him as well, I'm sure had just had to let things go. Mm-hmm. That bothered me, but there hasn't been a a good time to talk about it. So it didn't, it didn't get resolved. But um, funny enough, I actually went to Tony Robbins um, date with destiny that week long thing. It's insane. So he just basically breaks you. He keeps you up all night in a freezing cold room. And um, I had talked to, and read some stuff about psilocybin journeys. They said it's really about the same. They put you, it puts you in a mental state so you can learn and you cannot be bogged down by your old ways of thinking and you learn new ways of thinking. And that's basically what he does to you for a whole week. You're just exhausted. I got a cold. I mean, I was just, everybody gets a cold from the thing anyway. But um, the bottom line was, Um, I really did learn how to love no matter what. And I was like, wait, wait, no, I love this person. Yeah. I don't like some stuff he does. It was just so funny. I got home and all the petty stuff, like I I don't even, there's no petty stuff anymore. He doesn't rinse a dish or he does. I don't even care. And then sometimes he just, he does stuff that irritates me. And I'm just like, Oh, I love him. It's all right. And I would have, I would have liked to have had that earlier in our marriage. And I had to grow into that. And I really had to go through a lot of self, self um, exploration to get there, which he was really patient with. And I'm sure he's been patient with me and things that he didn't like, but we've just kind of always kind of kept moving forward and we've done really well, but we're no, you know, true sweethearts getting along from day one. And I don't think that's realistic. I don't either. I think that a lot of people meet couples when they're older and that's the impression they get. They don't realize their kids are grown. Their, their finances are probably fairly stable and they've 
they don't sweat the small stuff anymore either, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a, a journey that I feel like you have to go to. So I've been in the service industry for a really long time. And I always ask this question to people when it's their anniversary or birthday, like how many anniversaries have you spent together? How many birthdays have you spent together? You know? And then I always ask, um, what, um, you know, what's your advice, you know? And most of the time it's always like laugh or smile a lot, trust God. And, um, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. That's most of the time. What, and I've, yeah. I've asked hundreds of people this question. I've been serving for almost 10 years, like, and I've been asking this question for a long time. <laughs> so it's probably thousands at this point, honestly. But um, what else would you say are things that people need to incorporate in their marriages? Well, we talked about this a little bit, but you need to make sure you're having a certain amount of sex, honestly. You have to be physically intimate. And if you can't, you need to figure that out. Um, I really find when I meet people, I feel that we're, they're damaging their relationship and more so their body and their almost health by not being physically intimate with their partner. And if they can't do that, then holding hands or even um, lovingly referring to, and, you know, um, making sure that they're, they're feeling valued. I just, I feel like couples that I run into that I really feel have issues. I can just, I can just nail them in a couple, a couple points. And, and one of them is they don't take care of their health. And when they don't take care of their health, they don't have any time for anybody else. They really don't. Their, mm -hmm. their body is struggling. Their mind is struggling. They are struggling. And then I see the, they don't even touch hands or I can see them not trying to touch each other. Oh, that's the worst. Um, couples laughing together is always fun, but I, I always just a little bristle. I think I'm thinking of traveling ref references. Cause when we travel, I, I study everybody. I'm like, just like one of those people that are watching the whole time. Cause I'm just, I'm cataloging everybody and the couples that look like they're too busy for each other. Oh my gosh. I, we were at um, lunch the other day and it was just this amazing time in the, in this square downtown and the sun was out and it was kind of a cold day. There was some music on from when my husband and I met. So that was always kind of fun. And there was this couple and the, the boyfriend or husband, she was talking to him and he was on his phone. Mm -hmm. So she, there's a part of her that probably thought that was okay because of their age. And there was a part of him that thought they were okay. But to me, they, that was, that was that first wall. Mm -hmm. That's their first wall. Yeah. So their, their next wall is maybe he decides he wants to take a job and move across the country and she moves with him. That's the next, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, here you are, you're done. And they don't even see it coming. So that's the kind of things that I think people should be really careful. But I think physical is probably number one and I don't see it enough. And that doesn't mean I want people, you know, Fall out like PDA all over the place. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like, <laughs> but people do need to actually do the intimate things with their partners. I like that they're like the Bible even talks about it. Like <laughs> it, it's 
it's mentioned plenty of times like that it's important to be intimate. But the other thing of just holding hands or touching them is yeah. giving them reassurance, right? It's building that bond. You're right. Really like that touch does so much more with connection too, you know, and giving like one, one of the tips I got was like doing, um, kissing every day, like doing like one long kiss every day, at least that. Did you know that for, for couples that kiss goodbye every day, their, their accident rates are lower because they are more interested in coming home to that partner. So it's important. It's important that you have a, a, we have a kind of a routine, you know, we go through and we go through every morning and um, it, yeah, I'm, I, when we say goodbye, that's not a bye or, you know, it's, it's a, you know, I look forward to seeing you later kind of thing. Yeah. And I think those, it's the little things, the little habits. I feel like if you do those things throughout your day that make things so much easier, not sweating the little stuff, focusing on the bigger picture, you know, realizing that you're getting through this, this journey with your partner, like that's your life partner that you've decided to go through changes with. And, you know, well, those are building blocks. So Mm -hmm. Maybe something has come up, but you had some good interactions earlier in the day. It's not something that's, you know, built up to, to this point where you can't even communicate any, I'm sure you've seen that in couples where you've just seen them. They just got so far down the road and couples like that always kind of tick me off a little bit. It's like, well, you let it get really bad. And now you're just saying you can't fix it. Well, no, you didn't want to fix it. You had lots of roads you could have gone down and yeah, you can't be that oblivious, but that, you know what? Some people are extremely like not self-aware like mm-hmm. and and that that goes a lot into it because if and I'm, I'm seeing it more and more every day I really think that people in my generation do not build the same type of connections that other people like at a different rate like I really do feel like we've either dumbed down or something and I I don't think this is about all millennials or gen zers or liars whatever the other one is after me um, I just, I think that when it comes to actually having conversations, they don't ask the right questions. They, they deal with surface level issues. They have surface level conversations. They don't have authentic conversations that actually have a source and build things. They're with the people because they look good and they have money. They don't actually genuinely oh. enjoy the people they're with. There's so many other dynamics that, that people think they look, and especially with social media, like just pushing that stuff out. Like this is the image of like a perfect couple. So it's all about how you look. They don't talk about how people actually interact and they do these pranks. They do all this other stupid stuff. And then, yes. And then, and then they, it's like, they've got options and it's like, it's so easy to get rid of someone. They're not committed. But where everywhere you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love the authentic conversation. I, I think that's really amazing. And I'm always looking for it. Cause I don't, I just don't feel like I get it enough. But the other thing I noticed a quote somewhere and I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody had said that, you know, they were the, the pressure of being married to their, their, 
their soulmate and then they had to be their support person and then they had to be a father and they had to be a child, you know, a, a, a child, you know, the, of the family. And then they had to be their, they had to be this everything to all these people. And I, that was, that's the other thing I could say about longevity in my marriage. At some point I realized my husband can't be all the people that I really need. Mm-hmm. He really can't. And it's not fair to ask him and be. Now I've met more than a few couples in my business where I'm just like, oh my God, they have each other's back. They have it all. And it's amazing. And yeah, they do. And I'm happy for them. And that's exciting. But not all couples, is your partner going to be everything that you need? And you've got to figure that out. And that's what I've figured out in the world that I, you know, I'm here and I'm, I, I'm doing all these other things that I do because those are the things I need. I don't look to him to, to fill those gaps. And I think that's the other thing too, is there's stuff that you need and your partner can't give it to you. It doesn't mean that he's falling short. He just can't give it to you. You can find it somewhere else. And yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean from someone else. It's more right. so yeah, like from with mostly within yourself. Like, I think that that also yeah. relates with what you're saying relates to like my whole like false confidence thing, like mm. thinking that I needed someone to validate myself. Right. right. You know? Exactly. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't need that. Well, and he may not want that job either. No, you know, I mean, he might want to tell you, I think you're great at what you do, but if you're having a low day, I mean, he may, he's deployed or he's not, and he calls you or makes contact with you. He, he needs that contact with you. He doesn't, well, I've had such a bad day <laughs> and exactly. have to be that for you. He's yeah. got, he's dealing with a hundred degree weather. Like where's he at? He's in Qatar. Okay. And he's like outside most of the time. So no. No, he, <laughs> he has so much bigger problems that I don't, I really don't even burden him with mine. I try not to, like, I try to inform him, but like, I don't expect him to fix anything from that far away. <laughs> so is it possible that you can also find a military wife who's been married a long time to help inspire other military wives? My son was in the military and I just, I felt like they didn't get a lot of support. Um, and he was in the army. I felt like the, the wives that could do it, they were like the PTA moms and they were running around doing it. And my daughter-in-law, she wasn't that cut of that cloth. And I felt bad for her. I, I don't know what I would, I probably would have stood on the sidelines too, but she was just thrown into this world that I don't think she knew. And I'm, I'm sure there's a few sage partners out there that could comment. So one of the hardest problems for me as an individual is getting advice from other people because of the type of person I am. And I have to really know myself. So before this deployment happened, I asked a lot of military spouses what I should do, um, you know, to help myself mentally prepare for this deployment. And I mean, I thought about what I would need. So I was like, I need to, for one, get more friends because I'm going to miss having like a family and people that I can connect with. So I'm, I, I made a bunch of new friends. Um, but you make it sound so easy. Well, I just went and made a new couple <laughs> more friends. Yeah, no, there's an app called Bumble BFF and you just have to be specific, super, super specific with what you look for. For me, I look for people that motivate me to be a better like person. Like I look for people that are that motivating to befriend 
But not um, competitive, not like going to be friends with you so they can show you up. No, no, just better. Like, and when I say a better person, I mean, who's actually done the personal development. Like mm-hmm. most of my friends are at least 10 to 15, like not most, but a good deal of my friends are 10 years older than me. And a lot of the other women that I'm friends with that are around my age have children or they're also, they've done a lot of personal development as well. Mm-hmm. So I know what type of people I'm looking for. Um, and also if they're active, being, living an active lifestyle is very important to me. I like mm-hmm. to go hiking. I need people that can do the things that I can do with me. Like, I, I don't need to like, I will try new things, but I, on the daily, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and Netflix and chill with you when I could be outside. Like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, so stuff like yeah. that. So I found those people. I started talking to like people in October. He left in January. So I, I was, you know, prepping and then they told me to be busy. The problem is I'm already busier than most military wives. I'm not like your traditional. I like get involved in the community. I make sure that I like, I will make my life over anywhere I go. Everybody does not have that same type of tenacity when it comes to being a military Mm -hmm. spouse. And I, so for that, it's like my And it's not to look down on or upon. I have plenty of military wife friends. It's just, I have to be so selective Mm -hmm. with the women that I um, get advice from, from in that realm, because it's like, I did, now I did have a key spouse. Also air force is so different than army. I did have someone reach out to me and be like, Hey, if you need anything. And also just suggest that I do like resiliency training, like, so I could like help lead one of the classes one day. Like that was super cool. So yeah, like she, and I'm very blessed that the least of my problems is him being gone. It's more so dealing with the things that I'm going through by myself, but I needed to do that. So my whole mindset going into this whole thing was I'm looking forward to being stronger after this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you being more independent and resilient is, is really growing yourself as a couple as well. Again, you're not, you're not looking to him to support you. He's not your, you know, you're not going one legged through the world. You're both going to have four legs at the end of the the day, right. Where you guys get to walk independently, but together it's not, I hold on to you while you carry me around. And that's something I didn't really understand for a while, but because we had kids so young, I didn't, I honestly think that I didn't have a chance to grow up. So I started at 19 and my kids kind of moved out. What we, let's see, 440. Yeah. So we were in our forties and then I noticed things started happening. Like I had really started to really reflect on some of my family relationships and started kind of digging through which was serving me and what I needed to change. And I realized, no, I was really just growing up. I was a mom. And now I was an adult on my own trying to find my way through the world. And we did struggle through some of that because we were just little kids when we started the whole process and here we are. So I know some couples may have a, I think they might have a better chance if they raise their kids later, or it could be the other way. They're so involved in them being a couple that the kids completely disrupt them. And one of the partners feels, you know, slighted by the children and and, and it could go that way as well. I mean, it, it could go either way, but I just feel like we just weren't grown ups when we got married and we had to grow up later. <laughs> I feel like we're always becoming. Right. 
you know, like you, you gained so much knowledge from being a parent. So I don't, you know, like you shouldn't, I think you, you gained so much knowledge and maturity from that alone, you know, and you, you've still done so much. Well, I don't, I don't think that we have to do this cookie cutter lifestyle that everybody right. else in the world says that we should do like, no, that's not how life really goes. And I don't think there's a real right way to do it either. I think it's right, just, right. You no know, set ways that like you work, you do the best with what you have and you try to make it better, you yeah. know? And like, I learned a lot and I learned a lot about relationships and people and what family really does look like to not really have a family structure and then really see one grow. It's, it's pretty bizarre. The whole thing is just really crazy. And our older son is, is no longer in our life. He's, he's decided that we're not a good fit for him, but our younger one comes over now. And now we're going through the stage of, well, we're not really your parents so much anymore. Oh, Are we friends? We're switching, we're what? We're switching, we're to, switching what? to mentors. I did a, Oh, is that what it is? Parenting, um, with a, a therapist, like a relationship therapist. And we were talking about the transition from, um, you know, when you're adult, like parenting adults, really like 20 yeah. year olds and stuff like that, you know? So it is more of the switch to mentorship and, you know, they're their own person, but you can guide them or, you know, mentor them in the right way. But they, at the end of the day, you know, that they can do what they want to do and you just love them the same because they're, yeah. you know, but it's like that detachment of your job is done, you know, yeah. the new chapter. <laughs> it's just, it's really, it's just interesting, uh, but I'm thrilled by it. It's really fun. It's, it's, it's fun because there's no strife. There's no weirdness. There's none of the stuff that I kind of feel like I went through with my family where I just, he's just, he just comes by and that's kind of what I always hoped for. So, yeah. Well, that's definitely a blessing. I mean, to still be married, to like be successful in real estate and to like still have your grown children come to see you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, have some friendships We're we're, we're watching our friends go through some really crazy health stuff. And um, in a couple cases, we've watched some people, really um struggle in their relationships and again to me it really came back to how they were treating their own physical self and their own mental self and it just comes up in all these other ways and we were just with a couple not long ago and that was an eye-opener for me I'd never spent that much time with them but I was like whoa what it looked a lot better from the inside uh, from the outside when I got on the inside I was like oh no this is not good (laughs) It's just like, oh boy, I spent too much time with them, I think. (laughs) When you actually spend time with people and you really see how they are and the dynamics that they have, you realize how toxic some of their relationships really are. It's it's tough. And I know, I know for it, for sure, there's been a few times where we really, it's not like we weren't welcome, but it was just like, you're just too much of a mirror of what we're not doing well. And we're just going to keep you guys over here, you know? Yeah. And you can recognize it because you may have been through it before and you know, like, like certain things that you see are triggering. They bother you more because you might've done them in the past. Like me. Oh my God. I used to be so argumentative and so like, uh, like just say what I want to all the time to anybody. Like I'm, when I see people do that now, I'm like, Oh my God, you, 
evil little, like, calm down, humble yourself, you know, like arrogance. I hate that, but I used to be a lot like that, you know, and it's, but you know, the world's your mirror. So you see those things. And when, no, and yeah, some couples are just, they're just too far. They're not you at all, but yeah, but, 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 you know, you would probably find those instances where you're more quiet or maybe standing back. You can't even believe how much that's a contribution of just, I'm, and you know, I had this woman kind of freak out on me. Like she just went off and I was like, okay. And I actually even texted her and apologized. And my therapist was so mad at me. She was like, how could you do that? And I said, because that's what she needed. I was getting what I needed. I I was getting something that I needed, but that's what she needed. And that's how I contributed. My contribution was to stand there and really not say anything and not argue back with her and to apologize because then I did eventually get what I needed and get what I needed done. But she was so mad at me. She said, oh, you've put yourself in there, you know, and they're not going to respect you and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, you know, I don't care. I don't care. I needed that. I needed her to finish her job. And I needed her to feel better so I could, I could feel better. I needed to walk away with that. So I didn't really say anything. There was a lot going on up here, <laughs> but you know, that you're saying when you watch anybody do that, you're by, by not saying anything, you're really, con- you're really actually really contributing much more. Oh yeah. I, adding. I had this, my affirmation this year is I'm not giving my energy to anything. That, well, I only give my energy to things that serve me. So when people act crazy, that does not serve me at all. So I just let them show themselves. That is huge. But, you know, you have to be patient with that. I have watched people show themselves, but sometimes it takes years. It takes a long time sometimes for people to, for me to just go, okay, I'm just going to wait this out. (laughs) Well, see, for me, and it I'm takes time. A person that I get straight to the point with people. I'm so like, like the people that are in my life that I really have to assess. I ask those hard, difficult questions in the beginning. I just like, I'm like, I'm this way, this way, this way, this way. So, you know, and then people, it's like, can you, you know, deal with it or not? You know, for me, when I have to sit and watch people now at this point, now when it comes to like coworkers, yeah, it takes, to be it, careful. Takes, it takes, it yeah. takes like, but that's a different relationship for me. That's a, a different boundary thing. I don't look to my coworkers to be my friends. I right. look at them to just do their job. And if they need help, I help them. I I'm, I'm one of those that I often offer help, but, um, I just expect them to do their jobs. That's it. I don't expect them to be nice or courteous or anything because then I won't be disappointed. Now, most of the time they are. But if they're not, you know, I, that's just so it doesn't it bother my day because the email hell itself is enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, what I've learned in being married though has probably really helped me, you know, out in the world and out um, to, to be better with people. Oh you know? yeah. It, it's, it's helped me with my temper because it's not the people on the outside world that can really make me so mad. It's the ones that you love that you spend the most time with that really (laughs) can get under your skin for the little stuff. So when you can learn to like get over those things, which I'm still working on 
because I know when he comes back, I'm going to get annoyed as crap. Like, yeah. Yeah. Little things. Yeah. But then you'll have to just remember, I'm so glad he's back and have to kind of get into that mindset of, oh yeah, I love this person. I, this is actually, I should be grateful for that noise or the whistling or whatever, you know, might be, or, you know, an irritant. Yeah. It, it, this experience definitely did give me a completely different perspective. And I mean, I, I appreciate learning so much more about this and, you know, the time you've taken to like share with me too, because it's definitely, I'm going to be able to think back on this, especially when the, the children come, because I know that the hard times haven't even really come yet. So I need to just brace myself. They haven't, they haven't. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm really glad I had children and went down that journey um, and, and, and here we are. So it's pretty cool. I, I just, when I see couples struggling and they don't realize it's such a short amount of time, it's just such a short amount of time that they're little or the kids are just being, you know, absolute monsters and difficult. It's just such a blip on the radar. It just goes by so quick. And people so just I, don't seem to hang it. Cause I, you're, you said you were married 10 years. No, I've been married for five and a half. Okay. Um, the, uh, so that must just be me thinking because the 10 year mark is usually where I see most of the problems. Oh, wow. And it's not the seven year itch, which is crap. 10 years is I, and I, and I correlate 10 years to when you're turning into that next person. Okay. You're going through that next stage. So if you're say, for instance, you're 30, you got married at 20 or, you know, you've been together 20, 10 years, you're just 30 is a different time. 31, 32 is a different time. 40 is a different time. So those, those switches, even if you don't have children are, you know, they're, they're all milestones are probably milestone related as well. So what should couples do? This is my last question. What should the last takeaway or they have children? Like together, like where, what is a good milestone? Oh, um, you know what? We don't really do this too much, um, but I would say probably set those 10-year goals and, or have those goals of, well, when the kids graduate, instead of thinking about this college money, that drives me crazy too, is that because like, I, I think if kids are going to go to college, they participate in their own college funding. But anyway, um, the that when they're 18, we're going to take that big cruise or we're going to, you know, have those things that you look forward to, or, you know, that day they go to college, I'm going to book us a river tour of Europe for two weeks. You know what I mean? Have those milestones that you look forward to. And that way you're starting to look past those times. So you'll know that those times will change and it's okay. They, they don't go off to college. They end up living with us. Okay. Well, they turned 18. Let's just go celebrate that without, and then, oh, lastly, before I go, go on date nights and let your children know that you are together as mommy and daddy. And that really, that they are not number one that night. You guys are going out and it's for you or, you know, mommy and mommy, however you're doing it. But I, one of the best things I was taught by a nurse when my, my kids were small was you come first, always, 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 because it's going to be you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. together. Even if the kids don't move out of the house, there's, I, there's people I know where their kids didn't move out of the house and they're still wandering around in that little circle of the catering to this adult child. I know, Mm-mm. I know. Uh, but, but if they had always come first, 
there wouldn't be any question that kid probably would move out of was what I'm going to guess if, or the kids would move out because they, they're not at forefront. Yeah. But, why would, I mean, in, in our, if this is in Santa Cruz, if these are your friends in Santa Cruz, like why would a kid move out? Like anybody that's even my age or anything, why would they move out when it's so expensive and they got it made at their parents' house? Like, I just, yeah, I mean, exactly. I just think, but if the, if, if the, if the kid really knew that the parents came first and they always came first, I mean, cause we always came first. It, 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 it really made my older son mad, but we always came first. Our relationship always came first. And I think it did serve our, our younger son. I think he's in a pretty good relationship and I think it served him. So I, that's a good, you know, a good example to set. I think my older one just really wanted to be he wanted to be the forefront. So I don't know if that would make everybody him. happy. They, they, exactly. they learn in their own time. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you me. for having me. That was so and fun. Yes, it was. Thanks for listening to this episode of the empowered woman, badass and unfiltered podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.